Welcome to Underqualified Thoughts, where two brothers-in-law have conversations stemming from their daily lives. Expect authentic, relationship-building discussions that time-capsule the early years of these podcasters' families, careers, and pastimes. Welcome to Underqualified Thoughts. This is the second episode of Season 2, and we are excited to talk today about the current job market, even though it's not looking too great for many people. Preconceived notions Caleb is amending as he is looking for a job himself, and strategies companies are using to interview candidates. And of course, we're going to be doing this from our perspective. And to speak about our perspective, Caleb, how are you doing today? I'm living that dream. How about you? Are you actually living the dream right now? It's been a long day, um, but every day given is better than not. Wow. So generic, yet true at the same time. (laughs) Um, No, this still feels a little too put together for me you know me i love the meta of the first season although i love i think i'll love the better audio quality of this season but it's just weird doing this over zoom and this didn't like this podcast wasn't preceded by me driving 40 minutes to your house and listening to the prior podcast because i haven't listened to the season one finale where we interviewed kendall and i didn't listen to the first episode of this season. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I mean, I told you, I don't listen to any of them. I mean, like I edit these things and and slap them together, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And I mean, I've, of course I've talked about, I like listening to it to see where I can prove, but now I just have to actually just improve. Although I may improve by hearing people's feedback because I now have two new friends who I think through your posting on LinkedIn and tagging me, Someone came up to me and was like, hey, my favorite podcaster. And I was like, oh, no, this is this is not OK. What is happening? Um, and we we got dinner with them. Um, one of our couple friends here in Charlotte. And yeah, not the whole time. But I'd say like there's a good chunk of our evening together where we spent talking about this podcast, what it's about, why we're doing it, whether or not they should listen, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, our most beloved And by beloved, I mean our longest shout out for Rachel. Rachel, I saw her for the first time since we talked about the podcast. And I like started to talk to her about it. I was like, have you listened? And she was like, it's on my to-do list. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm going to do it. I was like, oh, well, (laughs) you got to get there because we talked about you for like 10 minutes in one episode. So you got to move on. Got to get a move on. We love the meta, don't we? Well, no, I love the meta. I know that we're sacrificing the meta because one, we're on a Zoom Zoom meeting, so we're on a time crunch here to get this done, and we're trying to actually (laughs) talk about something other than our lives and what it's like to make a podcast because we barely know what it's like to make a podcast. We just need to make sure we include Rachel. Yeah, what, like get her her listening or talk about it? Both. You know, honestly, you said we don't really know how to make a podcast. In some ways... Some podcasts might have been like they might be embedded by talking a little bit more about their process because too many are just they're just boom, 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 boom. They just move straight through like their their content, which is fine, but it's not the worst, you know, talking about, you know, how we are and where we're at with the podcast, you know, it's not it's not the worst thing we could do. Yeah, that as well as like chiming in our everyday lives because, you know, humans over everything, as you would like to say. Um, let's go because it feels like 
we went and took a full 180. Like obviously we took a 180 and that we were recording on our phones in your house. Now we've actually bought microphones and we're recording in separate locations. But it also feels like, you know, we didn't have this time limit. We didn't have this structure. We were just like free flowing in our thought and in our conversations. And now I'm looking at a screen with an audio file with a timer on it, knowing that, you know, I only have 40 minutes on this free Zoom session uh, to get this done, which is even less now because we were on the Zoom session before we started recording. So yeah, all this is becoming very interesting to manage. With that being said, I think somehow I'm in control of this episode. I don't know why you let me do this sometimes, but I'm <laughs> going to kick it off to you because I know that you've done the the research more so than I have to talk about what the current job market is looking like as far as you know all the layoffs that have come through. And then I'm going to pepper you with questions about a shift that you told me about in your job search. Yeah, so... A lot of this came about by, you know, we every year, um, not every year, every week we go about um, writing out some ideas for the podcast. And um, this past week, one of those things that I just thought of was one of the current situations I find myself in in my job search. Obviously, in the market, it might not be as written about or spoken about on like public news, but within LinkedIn, everyone's talking about it. And it's um, the layoffs, obviously, you know, for the job sector, you know, there's and I I have the stats up with me from last week, um, 12,000 from Google laid off 11,000 from the meta Facebook, uh, 10,000 from, yeah, I know, 10,000 from Amazon and Microsoft. And it just goes down the line of, of a ton of people that have been laid off. I think now the, the number is a little bit more than 200,000 people total that have been laid off within the tech industry. And as someone that's trying to enter the tech industry, um, that's transitioning from a different sector, it's a little bit alarming to look at that and be like, that's, that's where I'm trying to enter. And also how would I even enter now? Because there's so many positions that have been laid off. And obviously the last component there's all these people out there that just got laid off that are looking for other jobs. So you're up against tough competition. It's hard when you go up against someone that says, I'm X uh, Microsoft or X Google or X, you know, like that's, that's a very strong title and holds a lot of weight. Um, so anyway, that that's kind of the background. Um, and, and if you're not searching for a job right now, it's a little bit easier to kind of turn a blind eye to those people Um, but when you think about it, they have their severance package for the next 90 days, um, if they're fortunate, but the job search right now has actually increased from an average of, I want to say it was like four to five months to over six months to find a new job and great experience. I mean, Andy, that's you, um, you know, looking for the job that you want and, and fits well. Part of it is that employees have a lot more personalization going on. They can, in a way, like they have a lot more freedom to kind of choose the role that they want um, and the types of perks that come with that role. Um, a lot of the the individuals out there are saying, oh, for every large tech layoff, there's going to be a dozen other um, 
tech startups that arise from the ashes um, from these mm-hmm. things. And it's true. I mean, that's where a lot of the little companies will have opportunities that the large ones don't. That's true. And of course, there's a lot that goes into like those numbers that you were talking about. Obviously, you mentioned, and I believe it's true for the most case, like having X Microsoft, X Google, X Amazon in your title is going to hold weight to it when you're in job interviews, especially because in this season, it seems like the layoffs are because of the company's overhiring, or at least that's what's been talked about. It's not talking about, you know, the employees underperforming. But a question that I ask is, and obviously I'm not trying to slight anyone who's been laid off. Like, I wonder what the metrics are for laying off. Are they laying off underperforming people or are they laying off, you know, people who they hired for and their work Mm -hmm. dried up? Like they were a really good worker and they just don't have a project to work on anymore. And I'm sure it's a spectrum in between of, because, you know, we heard about layoffs during the peak of COVID and it's kind of sounded like that the the narrative around it was, you know, the quiet quitting. It's like, hey, you've been sucking this company dry for the last three to six months because you haven't been doing your job while you've been at home and no one's been holding you accountable. So we're letting you go. But this one has more of the narrative where it's, you know, the company's fault. So maybe they'll have a little bit more benefit of the doubt when going into job interviews. But also something you mentioned about the length of time. I wonder what your thought is on this. So mine was actually perfectly in the sweet spot, like four and a half months, I think from when I left my job to when I got one. Um, and I would honestly say that I wasn't going a hundred percent of job searching while I was in between jobs. Like basically I wasn't, I don't think I was putting my maximum effort in, but I wonder if this lengthened search process is because of the impending recession and overhiring and all this, all these buzzwords that you hear. Do you think that your job search has extended this long because you're being rightfully picky about the jobs and the benefits that you have? And that's something new this time around. I think initially there's kind of two, maybe even three segments of my search right now. Initially, I was, I was just focused on one company. Um, there were some, and this this is almost a little bit pre recession. Like I think we are in the recession. Yeah, I think you. Can I think we've been in really, for a while. Yeah, you, you'll be able to tell one in like five years. Like we were definitely in a recession in early November, or early October of twenty twenty two. But I think what happened was, I was really focused on this this one company. Um, lots of good things happening, uh, that they spoke about positions opening up in January and, and opportunities on the horizon. Um, we get to January and there's nothing. Um, and that, that transition over the new year, I began realizing, oh, it's because like these types of companies need to kind of put up their walls and, and, and batten down the hatches because they don't want to have to be the company that lays off employees in a year or in, in five months because you know they're trying to make sure they don't have to even get close to where the big tech start tech companies are um so when i saw that happen and no one's told me that i mean no one's directly said hey you know like it's because you know but and, and no one really wants to say that <laughs> like that, that's not hmm. something that companies want to say um but you can just observe it and tell i mean lots of companies 
uh, that I've been targeting, not just the, the one, they're all very limited in what they need right now, if anything. I mean, they're far and few between. Um, well, and for me... You're, you're targeting... Are you exclusively targeting startups or exclusively targeting work-from-home, flexible benefit jobs? First, At first, I was just doing work-from-home, the benefits, um, HR tech startup type of companies. Um, very narrow. And then I kind of moved to remote work from home um and now i'm kind of and here we are here we are today i'm i'm applying for jobs in charlotte <laughs> like like <laughs> i'm applying for places uh where i have to move and um not move move but like i literally have to drive commute. somewhere commute yeah. <laughs> yeah is that what you call commuting just moving <laughs> yeah like, i have to move it's, in it's a car traumatic. 45 minutes each way yeah and so it's it's not necessarily you know destiny yet like it's it's um it's um i guess what what's the right way to say it like i could still get a job with one of these tech startups or hr whatever in like a year um but i can't i can't just place my stake in that because you know i i have things to do and and things to pay for we've talked before you know we'll be fine me and my wife will be fine if we're still on the teacher pay um but think about the broad scheme, you know, in terms of being bored at my job and, and kind of just tired of the, the mundane growth for me is moving on and looking for the next opportunity, which, um, you know, leads me to new doors, hopefully. And certainly new doors. And if we can keep that analogy going, you're taking your narrow hallway of job search and you're just trying to push mm -hmm. the hallway wider yep. and wider so that you have more and more inflow of opportunities to consider. So with that yep. being said, so it sounds like your priorities when getting a new job, if I can say it back to you, was you were looking for especially work from home, uh, especially a company with flexible benefits. And then additionally, you know, you were looking for something specifically in the HR tech space because that was the first company you were interested in. And then you, by being interested in that company, you got interested in the space. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. And so then you saw that the space was tight, whether it be tight with competition or tight with companies not really looking to expand much right now, more of, you know, keep the doors open, stay, you know, afloat during this tougher time. So are, is the main reason that your priorities have changed in getting a job just in the sense that you've like desperate's not the right word, but you have like, you've had the season where it's like, I'm looking for the cream of the crop. This is the only thing that I will take to leave my job. And now you're like, okay, I really am getting like, is it like you have a deadline coming up? Is it, you're just getting tired of searching and not finding anything and you just want to move before you find the ideal job? Well, there's no deadline. Um, you know, again, like I said, I'll be fine next year if I'm still teaching uh, over here. And, and But I think it's, in a way, it's I know that I could be earning a lot more than I am now. Um, I know that in the future, I need to be able to provide a little bit more than I'm, what I'm like forecasting in five years, I will need to. So even if it is just working a year or two at a place that's you know, not exactly where I want to be long-term. 
I know that after every recession, things change. <laughs> like there's, there's a lot more in different needs. Um, it's almost like in the past five years, we've kind of just been TikToking back and forth. Good year, bad year, good year, bad year. And uh, if I catch it on a, a good year, um, you know, there's a lot more opportunities. So yeah, Shout to answer out to your the question, TikTok reference there. You big social media guy. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so definitely broadening horizons. Um, not just like blindly applying to places, but mm-hmm. for example, you know, one of, one of our questions we're trying to look at is this preconceived notion about corporations. I originally thought that a lot of these larger corporations might just Say it, hire call them out. <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. Um, might just hire based strictly on skill um, and ability. I've, I've been talking to people about, you know, just what it looks like to be uh, a leader in a larger corporation. And part of it is, yes, they need the skills. Um, but And this is where it broke my, my preconceived notions. But the interview process is much more behavioral than it is just can you do the task? Great. We're going to take the highest degree, you know, like you have a master's. Did you not pick that up when I interviewed for my massive corporation? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. Like I, I, I'm sure we talked about it and obviously like by no means am I throwing shade at you because you know, how many times has (laughs) someone given you advice and then, you know, like whatever, a year later you're like, yeah, I just got this piece of advice. And then you have people like, I, I've been telling you that <laughs> for a long time. No, like all of, I told you all of the interview questions that I had, or not all of them, but the majority of the ones, like the, a large portion of our interview was all behavioral. Like what have yeah. you done in the past in this situation? What would you do in this situation? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely like, I just view these places as you're just going to be lost in a sea of people and that they just, they bottom line, you know, they just want which, the money. They want hi- highest performer. Which, it that I mean, that could be the case. The reason that those stories exist or that perception exists is because it has happened. But obviously, yeah. it can get blown out of proportion. You think that that's every scenario. Um, but before, I mean, I just can't move on. Look at you hijacking this interview flow by just saying, "Oh, here's a question Andy's going to ask. I'll just answer it now." You might. <laughs> Because I was planning, I was planning on building up the scale. I was like, "All right, your priorities have changed. So because your priorities have changed, are you considering new jobs?" And you just jump that ship, and you're like, "Yes, I am. I'm considering corporations, and here are my preconceived notions." Maybe I can go ahead and share though. Like, I explained it to my dad, kind of like the the shift in priorities, um, because of where we're at, like. I'm not offended by this idea of, and this is huge for you to know, like I'm not offended by this idea of driving 45 minutes into Charlotte or an hour into Charlotte and back, you know, at the end of the day. Whoa. Um, Because I know that. I just have to say you are, I say I've been saying this to you for the past few months and you've been telling me no every single time, but you are becoming our father-in-law. Don't say that. If you pick up a job. Uh, especially if you pick up a job at the company he currently works at, but at the very least, if you pick up a job in Charlotte where you have to commute in and out 
from the great thriving metropolis of China Grove, North Carolina. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I told him, I told our father-in-law, I said, I'm not going to, at the, I said at this point, I'm not leaving. Um, the, I, said, I think I said, there's nothing off the table. Um, like, there's very few things I'd probably say no to right now. All right, Not out of desperation. What? I said start <laughs> yeah, your own business. Yeah, we, we could talk about that too. I'm actually talking to someone on Tuesday about that um, because this person started their own business, and the, the I think both are difficult regardless of what you do. Oh yeah, but absolutely. You know, there's just there's just a lot of there's nothing off the table. Uh, the only thing that I would say is off the table is I don't want to be a teacher for 27 years in public education. Like that's just that's that, that's off and, the table probably. Yeah staying there forever and i suppose the other one would be i don't think you would pull my situation where you would leave your job so that you could solely focus on your job search to get a new job Ooh, yeah no i i don't i can't i can't um i don't i don't know maybe I'll, maybe i'll maybe i'll bleep this out i don't i don't know what i'm gonna do yet um but mckamey put in her notice yesterday um so here we are like I'm providing for the family. There's no backup. Sole provider, you know? breadwinner, baby. That's right. And and our our That's budget funny. has been mo- good. Um, sorry, I'll, I know where you're going, and I'll bring it back to that. But it's funny because she started teaching a couple of years before you, so your whole marriage, she's been the breadwinner, and so now you just get a, you just get a fight mm-hmm. for the lead, which is what. That's funny, Caitlin and I. I think in 2020, I made more money than her, and I'm pretty sure in 2021 i made she made more than me or like basically we've been fluctuating back and forth like you know we joke about it like it's a battle of who's going to be breadwinner but (laughs) kami just forfeited and she's like i've had it it's been a good run i've had it for three years here you go you can take it now yeah um yeah that's pretty funny but as you were saying uh you were going to allude to how your budget is currently set up oh yeah just just for the context of the people and i encourage everyone to do that and I think, and everyone can do their own thing, and this is where if we ever had like hundreds of thousands of people listening, they'd probably hate some of this, but I'm a strong believer, and if you have two people working that are making above like a normal wage, like above 40000 a year, there's no reason, and you live in a normal, modest sort of like scenario, there's really no reason that you have to be living in a way that spends both of those paychecks, and so we've been obviously living in a relatively fortunate situation um in the past three or four years with the house and both cars paid off and, and just things like this um such that mckamey's check goes to savings and 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 mine pays for the things and still goes even a portion of my paycheck goes to savings um and through that we're able to what is it the thing that dave ramsey says bring him into the conversation what the whole just debt-free mantra debt free but he says something about um be like no one else so you can live like no one else uh yeah i think it's it might be spend like no one else so you can live like no one else maybe save yeah something like that do something financial yeah so that you can live like no one else yeah and so that point being said Obviously, if we enter the next year with a teacher salary alone, one, um, 
first year it might not be a problem, second year it might not, third and fourth year it might not be a problem, but at year five, six, seven, eight, when our kid is older, like I'm, I want to go ahead and I want to take them places. Like I want to go to Disney with them. Like I want mm-hmm. to pay for them to do ballet, like, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Um, market here, market here at the whatever minute right. mark. Your kid has to at least try out ballet once. Hey, I'm just putting that out there because I don't want to say golf lessons because I know <laughs> someone's going to throw some shade at me. But honestly, I think it would be epic if my kid... Well, that, like, because if, you wouldn't have to pay for golf lessons. You would just teach her. That's right. And w- you know how much bonding, you know how much social norm would be broken there if I was out there on on Saturday morning. I'm not with the dudes. I'm with my daughter at the golf club. I'm playing golf with my daughter. Could, you know how many social norms that just breaks? And well, how much I'd love that? Every single person that I see at the climbing gym who has a baby, one, I'm going to talk to them. Two, every, like, basically, anytime I go to the climbing gym and I see, like, a dad or a mom with a daughter, like, under the age of 10, I'm like, yes, goals. This yep. is what we're going for. It's, it's similar to, and there's a clear distinction between parent, daughter, parent, son relationship. I mean, yeah, my brain is fried. But, like, th- that and, like, we're friends you know it's not like we're friends we're friendly what i'm trying to say is there's a dynamic there that's different um one of maturity and growth and like yes you're friendly do you know what i'm trying to say like there's this idea sometimes in popular social circles where and and probably not very christian circles where the the parents are the best friends to the kids. So you're more so friends than you are the, you know, you're not wearing the leader hat all and, the time, but like yeah, the leader, yeah. the author, authoritarian, the disciplinarian, things like that. There's a mixture there that um, has to be there in order for growth. Um, I mean, like, I've, saying, I have. Uh, there needs to be a balance between friendship and then being able to put on the disciplinarian hat if need be. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, anyway, and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of similar to my relationship with my students, but obviously there's an intimacy with my kids that will be there. That's not there with my students, not, uh, th- there's not this overwhelming sense of love that I have for my students. <laughs> like it's, uh, anyway, and that's, I think it's that's going to be the most, ex- yeah, I think there's like this, uh, it'll be really exciting whenever, uh, Miriam comes along. Um, you should be- because it because of that you absolutely need to go back and listen to this stretch because i'm here for it that was probably your best tangent in the history like you started with talking about your job search to like what the future looks like for you and mckamey's income to how you're currently living out your budget to what your goals are uh <laughs> that you're saving money for to then what you're looking to spend your Saturdays with Miriam, how that's countercultural, and then how that element is needed so that you can have a healthy relationship with her as a leader and friend and authoritarian. Sweet. What a string. What a, I feel like you just remember when we were talking about calling this podcast external processing, I'm that, that would have been like, this is why we're calling it this because <laughs> look what just happened right there. <laughs> that's funny. And so then while you were talking, the little, you know, nice little 10 minute uh, heads up on Zoom came and we're down to seven and a half minutes now. 
So as much as I would love to run more down that uh, rabbit trail with you, I have to be, someone has to keep us on track. And I'm shocked <laughs> that it's me. So to circle all the way back, circle back offline, to go back to what we were talking earlier, you kind of talked about the preconceived notions you have. I don't think we have time to talk about where the root of those preconceived notions came from because like generally speaking preconceived notions come from stories that are either that have some level of truth in it and whether it's yeah it's blown up out of proportion and it's made seem more regular than it actually is or if it was some different scenario perceived incorrectly whatever there's some truth in it just how much of it and how accurate and how pervasive is it going to be in every situation so we don't have much time to get into that we talked about your priorities changing mainly because you just are looking for a new opportunity and you see that the industry is getting tighter both with jobs being offered as well as competition so how has your i guess the the question the the kind of the the finishing arc then is with those preconceived notions what happened and i guess you really talked about that already what preconceived notions have fallen down that is now making you consider looking at a larger corporation mostly yeah just the notion that they're uncaring not thoughtful that they just want the highest providing resource like master's degree with 10 years of experience you know um it it just is freeing to know that maybe they do want me you know there's someone out there in the corporate world that can value a third year, fourth year teacher um, with the skills that I have. Um, It might be a grind, you know, it might not be something that's just the most enjoyable or most fun. Um, But in the aspect of, you know, career hopping, you know, sometimes you do have to kind of take the bottom rung so that you can transition into the thing that you do enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I felt that. I think often what happens is we kind of like we know that companies are made up of people but we still view them as like the company in the sense that like yes like the company's mission is to meet the bottom line and maybe they have some altruistic or some other secondary um, mission that they're working towards but ultimately like they're human beings inside that corporation and you can have a very personal relationship with your manager and your teammates and they feel like humans, you know, they even, the they feel pretty close to you because not essentially at the level of family, but like, you know, you see them 40 hours a week at minimum if you're working in the office with them. So you have that bond there. But then of course, once you go up the corporate ladder, like I don't have a personal relationship with the CEO or whoever's beneath him or whoever's beneath him who's like, you know, tears above where I'm at. And so I guess that's where it kind of gets that, you know, it gets washed into just being this massive conglomerate who doesn't care about you. But one of the best um, connections that I made and one of the most real human experiences I had while going through this job searching process was I talked to a VP of a department at a massive international bank that's headquartered here in Charlotte. And so, you know, look at that on paper. You're like, oh, I'm a cog. (laughs) in a machine and they're having a conversation with me to figure out if I can be a good working cog in their machine. But then she was incredibly personable, asked me a ton of questions, was really relatable, sharing stories about her life. 
And then when she asked me why I was looking to leave my job and I told her, she basically was like, she validated it. She's like, yeah, it, like, she's like, if you looked at my resume, you'd be like, why are you, why did you jump around so much? Like, and how did you get here today? And she said, she's a firm believer that you just, sometimes you have to go through a couple years and a couple different jobs to know what you don't want and that that's okay. And when I heard that, that was like a weight off my back. I was like, perfect. Like I can just be open and honest in my interviews and say, like, hey, I'm leaving this job because I didn't like it. And mm-hmm. I'm looking to see if this is an opportunity where mm-hmm. I would fit in and like it as well. Yeah, I agree. And so that's something, that's a word of advice for all of our two, maybe three listeners, as well as you going into your job search of, yeah, it, it's very easy. Even that I'm in the company now, I feel like I'm just a cog in the machine certain days when things aren't going well or you know, I'm three weeks into my job and I still can't do my job because I don't have access to all the systems that I need. You know, yeah. there's still going to be those frustrations there, but they're not all robots. Yeah, it's true. Humans over everything else. There it is. Bring it back. <laughs> you got to believe. Yeah, that's the thing. Also, because if you're personable and relatable and just showing that showing some of your flaws and how you're a human in an interview and it just makes it even more likely that you'll find a situation where you're treated like that in your job yeah oh absolutely and then it makes it easier because you don't go from which i think i might struggle with at this job because i put on a pretty good like because i was jumping industries and because i probably was putting on a show was like i can do all these great things and provide value and now i'm here i don't feel like i'm providing value and i don't know how to say that so that was my tangent for the episode oh it's good i feel like we might circle back to that in a couple weeks two weeks maybe see how you're doing over there oh yeah it's been uh it's definitely just to concisely say it the job itself hasn't gotten better but my perspective about the job and how it fits into my life has gotten better and therefore it doesn't seem as bad yeah well, I think this has been good. Good debrief. Uh, it says less than a minute on the Zoom. I know. Hey, we're guys, just, if anyone wants to uh, if anyone wants to donate so that we can get <laughs> a upgrade on this Zoom, just let us know. You can always call us or uh, at this point, send me a LinkedIn message um, <laughs> towards us at the platform, one of the two. Or we can just meet in person. That's true. We'll, we'll get up sometime with that. It'll be good. All right. Since uh, you're about to get cut off from me, I'll say goodbye to everyone, uh, the, the tens of ones of people who are listening, and goodbye to you as well. Peace. Peace.